Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. My name is John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos. We work on Broncos. We enjoy talking about the Ford Bronco. And so we've started a podcast talking about the Ford Bronco. Our sponsors for this podcast are ARP Fasteners, Automotive Racing Products, and Tom's Off-Road. A big thank you to our sponsors. Not possible to do this without you guys. It's not possible to do this without our listeners. So thank you for listening. This this episode's going to be a fun one. We're talking about early Broncos. We're talking about the engine in the early Bronco, what you need to do with your Bronco. But we're also going to talk about a really expensive Bronco. And we're going to talk about some uh, some stuff here uh, with the Bronco history. So it'll, it should be a fun fun podcast. Stick around. All right, Donnie, here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Broncast. How's it going, man? Good. Good. What have you been up to? Uh, just uh, building bodies, uh, disassembling building a truck. bodies, like building bodies. <laughs> You're getting stronger. Big muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Like steel that's bodies, our <laughs> bodies. You and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, building Bronco bodies. Yeah. Early Broncos. Yep. Nice, nice. I uh, I actually refurbished my back seat. Oh, well, I didn't have a back seat in my '75, and my kids were always like, "Oh, we want to go on rides with you. We want to, you know, go on drives and stuff like that." And I'd be like, oh, just hop in the back, you know, and like they were like, we're scared of this because one time a cop was behind me. So I was like, kids, lay down, lay down. (laughs) And so now they're like terrified. Uh, So I finally refurbished. I bought a back seat. Uh, Eric, Eric Wilkinson up in uh, Michigan got found me one and um, I refurbished it and uh, got it in the back of the Bronco. So now the kids can legally um, ride around with me, even though I have uh, three kids and only two seats but still we all we all go for a ride uh now legally so it's pretty just strap the middle one to the other two yeah exactly yeah share a seatbelt kids that's right (laughs) you're small (laughs) you have small waists (laughs) or that really what happens is the littlest one rides up front with her mom so uh yeah but yeah what uh what you've been what else have you been working on anything fun Uh, not much made a trip to austin hang out with my son and his girlfriend, and uh, I was telling him all about the podcast. And uh, he goes, you're doing what? <laughs> I thought you were building Broncos. I go, yeah, but we want to share our passion. So yeah. this idea kind of came up, and he, she said, uh, oh, you should call it, you guys are, if you're Zonkos for Broncos, then this <laughs> podcast is for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much sums up what we're doing Zonko here. Zonko for Broncos. That's right. <laughs> that's funny. So, John, did you hear about the Bronco that was built and auctioned and went for over $300,000 for an early Bronco? Early Bronco? Yeah. Really? I don't think I told you about this one. So, the what I understand is a dealer built it a few years ago with one of the top builders. I don't remember which one it was. So, he went all out. What would be like a $200,000 Bronco at the time, a couple of years ago, two ten something like that, and um, had it in his showroom for the entire launch of the new Bronco. And then everyone knew it was there, you know, so he went and sold it, um, I believe, at Barrett-Jackson this spring. So it'd be spring of 20, 
22 and it went for like $330,000. So it broke the $300,000 mark with a, a 302 automatic, you know, nothing crazy, not a coyote, not anything like that. So, well, I think this one beats yours. What? When was this? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Gateway Bronco um, built a first gen for Ryan Blaney's charitable foundation, and it was auctioned off at Barrett Jackson for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I don't know if that's the record for an early Bronco, but it's got to be. And that is, yeah. well, I mean, uh, other than the um, old, big Oli. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't count that one. No. So I mean, that's. I mean, it counts, but it does. it's not like you know something we could build. I mean, it's pretty crazy how the prices of the early Bronco is going. Like, it makes me want to sell mine, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the reason that I'm building my uh, 74 is so that I want to see, like, hey, what can a, a just a regular dude in his garage build and sell? Uh, you know, and turn a profit. Can you turn a profit? So it'll be interesting to uh, interesting to see if that happens on the YouTube channel, or if I'm just totally <laughs> eat my eat my profit and and uh, not make any money off of it. <laughs> you know, I, I can't explain to people when when we're trying to build bodies for them, and they're like, "Oh, am I spend? Am I going to spend too much? Is this going to be worth what I have in it?" You know, um, because you can build them a hundred different ways. You can put a brand new chassis underneath it. I mean, you spent ninety thousand dollars on a, a rolling chassis, and then add the drivetrain. You know, Coyote and Willwood brakes, and yeah, you know, you can just go on and on with the axles and everything else. And um, but the reality is, they they aren't going down in value. So I think the appeal to the Gen One Bronco is it, it's, I hate to say this, but like cute, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I've heard it so many times. It it's like it's no, it's cool. Anyway, um, you know, so it seems like half of the owners of the gen sixes I see driving them are women. And I've got two builds going on right now that both guys are building them for their wives. This is really funny because they've had these trucks for years, but they never brought them home. They're in some pile somewhere in the woods and they bring them in. And both guys said the same thing happened. I pulled it in. I was just trying to see if I could get it running because of what's going on with the Bronco and their wives came outside. What's that? <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to build that for me. Oh, and they man. just like, and these guys have to do it. Yep. <laughs> they don't have a choice. Yep. Yep. But it's just. But I, they get to build a Bronco. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think this just has this cross-gender appeal. It, yeah. It appeals to age groups. Like we were just talking to, how old is Carson? Oh, uh, 18 or something. Yeah. yeah. Spent his whole life, built a Bronco. In, yeah. Like. An early Bronco. It was so cool. Yeah, he he was on my YouTube channel when he was young, and he was like, hey, I design or I draw Broncos for people and sell them to them to, to fund my Bronco build. And now he's 18, and he drives it around. He has another one. I think he has a 78 as well. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, the, you know, the young kids are getting into it. The old, you know, guys have been in it for years, and... The, the women are getting into it and yeah, it's a, it is a cool, cool vehicle that brings us together. Um, I wanted to talk about something that happened a few weeks ago, you know, the sixth generation ordering opened for 2023 and there are a few changes that I thought were pretty interesting that I just wanted, I don't know if you knew about, um, 
we've talked about the Heritage Bronco, um, I don't know, episode four or something like that. We talked about those. Um, so those you can actually purchase for 2023. Um, or, sorry, I think that was 2024 that you could. Um, in 2023, the Wild Track receives the Haas 3.0 system as its standard. So upgrade to the uh, suspension there and, and, and steering rack and stuff like that. But sad day. Cyber orange <laughs> and Everglade uh, sand. Those colors are. Retired. Oh, I didn't hear Everglade went away. I went. Yeah. I heard cyber orange did. Yeah, I, I'm. I actually, I, I f- referred to a four door <laughs> Bronco in cyber orange as a school bus. <laughs> school bus yellow. Yeah, orange. it was totally school bus yellow. Yeah, uh, but they called it cyber orange to be cool. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, that was retired, which. Like iconic or the the image in my mind of the cyber orange two door in Johnson Valley uh, when the Bronco launched, like, you know, that that Bronco just going over jumps um, in Johnson Valley is burned into my head of of what a Bronco is. So it's kind of sad that we were losing the cyber orange, but I don't think it was a very popular color. I don't see a lot of them on the road. Well, you would never call a school bus orange. No. So, but I, yeah. they're going to come back with another orange. True, true. Yeah, they the new colors are azure gray and robin's egg blue. So, you know, if you want to see those, oh, the can. robin's egg could be cool. You know, yeah. one of the first colors for a '66 Bronco was peacock blue. Oh yeah, I like that. So it's kind of like a blue green. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Good one for sure. Anything else before we get into our DIY PAY? No, just you know the the. G6 ordering, I know they're making people, they have to make a decision, I think by the end of last month, um, they had to either convert to a 2023 or, you know, and if you don't convert by the end of the year, like if you don't respond or turn in any information, you'll actually lose it. Oh, wow. So, but yeah, they're they're now converting unfilled orders and trying to get you to, to switch over to, I mean, I, I would, why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I did hear a really cool story the other day, though. Guy ordered a Bronco four door, and what came in on his build order was not what he wanted, and it was a Raptor. What? Yeah. So he uh, he now has a an eruption green Raptor four door, wow. and uh, you know I think he already had an offer for like twenty five thousand oh over. And he didn't know what to do with it. He's just like, well, what's a Raptor? We're <laughs> 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 like. It's amazing. Wow. It got literally kind of won the lottery there. Yeah. yeah, for real. That's amazing. Well, today on the uh, podcast, we're going to be talking about engine basics on our DIY or PAY. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about kind of what to do uh, with your early Bronco. Um, so a lot of this uh, is going to apply to the early Bronco. Some of it might apply to uh, the different generations as well. I guess it, it, any Bronco, really Gen 1 through Gen 5, because this is all stuff that, you know, you want to know, you want to do on your Bronco as you're, um, you know, if you're just purchasing it new, um, new to you, obviously, if you're purchasing a Gen 1, nothing is new, but um, new to you, Bronco, or if it's gotten, you know, handed down, we keep hearing these awesome stories of grandfathers and fathers handing down their Broncos or, you know, getting pulled out of a field. And I think that kind of stuff is so cool. So um, 
Uh, first day maintenance on the engine. We're going to talk about a few things here. Uh, oil change. You know, we've, we've been given the wrench animation for how many wrenches it takes to, uh, to do some of these upgrades or some of the stuff. I think an oil change is totally a DIY. It shouldn't be a PAY. Do you agree? Yeah, some people will change their oil, some people won't, but yeah, I think it's good for everyone to know how to change their oil. Do it at least once, but it's a, you know, we'll rate that as a single wrench. Yeah, no, one not, wrench. not too difficult, but um, you know, if you're paying for oil changes, you should know what you're getting and at least walk through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, and you know, and then we can talk about with oil changes, you know, there's quite a bit to know about oil. Um, you know, so there's different kinds of oil. Um, the new oils are synthetics or synthetic blends. And most people don't know what the difference is besides it's twice as much money. It's yeah. $9 a quart instead right. of $4.50. But the difference is traditional um, petroleum-based oil, you know, um, oil has this property in it that allows it to lubricate, and it's called viscosity. And when things get so hot, you can burn that out of the oil and then it loses its ability to lubricate your piston rings in your engine. I run in my Bronco, I run conventional uh, 10W30 with added, and I add zinc in because oh, okay. it's a flat yeah. tappet camshaft. Well, some companies push the detergents and yeah. some don't. Yeah. So um, I'm, a I'm a mobile one guy. You're a mobile one synthetic guy. Yeah. I like it. I like how you roll. Well, we disagree. Agree to disagree. I'd agree to disagree. But we both agree changing your oil should be a DIY yeah, on your Bronco. At least one time. Yep. All right. Moving on, new spark plugs and spark plug wires. Uh, now, this is a great just upgrade to do, um, especially if you're getting getting uh, into your engine for the first time. Like, you probably need new spark plugs. You don't know when they've been replaced. So it's an easy thing to do. And then spark plug wires definitely are not going to change the horsepower of your engine at all, but it's a good thing because you might have a crack in a spark plug wire that you can't see, and so it's just good to, to, to upgrade. Um, so DIY or PAY on the uh, spark plugs and spark plug wires. Uh, those are fun things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that's one wrench. Yep. So don't buy wires that you have to build the ends, but no. you can buy wire kits from everybody. All the retailers have them. Yep. A 302 is a pretty common engine. Yeah. Or if you have the six-cylinder, it's still pretty common. Yeah. And if you're doing a fuel injection, I would definitely get a really good set of spark plug wires. I recommend the Ford Performance wires, um, and I have a whole YouTube video on what wires, what spark plug wires are the best, so... Check that out if you need to. But yeah, I'd say DIY on the spark plugs and spark plug wires. Uh, air filter. What about air filter? What do you, I mean, this is a pretty easy, obviously, especially on the uh, old 302s. You know, it has that little blue air filter holder yeah. thing. So in the, the stock air filter is eight by three, I think, round filter. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, it's an easy upgrade to upgrade to the 14 by two, which is what I have, or the 14 by three air filter and get rid of that blue um, container because basically that, you know, your air is trying to go into a hole that's, you know, two inches by three inches. So get rid of that whole thing, get the 14 by three or 14 by two round air cleaner and 
hat for your carburetor and and uh, rock it that way is is what I would say on your engine. Well, and a lot of people that want to keep their trucks super original. They'll oh, have true. the like oil bath, you know, that the oil picks up all of the dirt and dust that's coming through so that as the air passes through, if is, you're yeah. down some dirt road all day long, because that's all you got. But yeah. um, even those guys are not putting oil in those. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Volkswagens had them too. Everybody had them back in the day. That was that was the technology of the day. That's but funny. yeah, you want your engine to breathe. So the more air it can get, you know, the better. So yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, changing out your air filter. That's a one wrench. That's not. That's oh, not that's too a, too tricky. Unless you drop the nut. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the nut that goes on the top of the lid. Drop it in the Everybody carburetor. drops that, and oh. you're like, where the hell did that go? <laughs> or drop it in the throttle body or carburetor. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, valve cover gaskets. I think this is one that, and even valve covers, like this is one that everyone should uh, pretty soon upgrade because we talked about in a previous episode about oil leaks. Most of your oil leaks are probably coming from your valve covers. So, you know, go ahead and change your gaskets as well. And I would say this is a very rewarding two wrench, one wrench, one to two wrench job. Two wrench just because you you might be intimidated by it. It's super easy, though. So one wrench, but it looks intimidating, right? Yeah. And it, and it is, it, you know, we're not talking about gen six trucks here. We're talking oh, yeah. about, you know, 302 V eights or inline sixes. And it's super rewarding because you can get it off with, you know, however many nuts are on there. I forgot yeah. six or five or 12 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you take it off and you can clean that thing and you can respray it Ford blue yep. or you can buy a Chrome one from holly or another company um you can get one that says bronco on it you know the aluminum ones those are really cool yeah and then put it on there and be really proud of what you did and really all your all it does is it keeps the oil that's oiling the valve train from splashing all over the engine it's just a lid you know like tupperware but it's got a usually a cork gasket but you can pull those off clean them put them on and uh but they're commonly leak those gaskets bake over time and you have oil literally dripping down the sides of your engine and that's you don't want that you know just yeah. you can clean up your engine while you're at it but yeah I, that's a absolutely super rewarding easy thing to do so diy on valve cover gaskets now carb moving down carburetor maintenance uh that one i don't know carburetor, <laughs> carburetor for some reason to me is a little bit like Speaking another language. You're going to like this. That falls under another category we call BUY. Yeah. <laughs> just buy a new you one. You just go buy another carburetor. They're like two, $300. Yeah. And they're already, you know, you can order them based on, is do you have a, a stock cam, a mild cam, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it comes I mean, pre-tuned. Yeah. yeah. Holly has made carburetors forever. I'm, I'm going to shamelessly plug Holly here. But yeah. for the money... You literally take that one off, put it on your shelf with all the other ones. Right. I and, have three on my garage floor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's a B-I, B-U-Y. B-U-Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to pay for that one. I agree with you. Um, now, there's a lot of guys who would say otherwise, but uh, for for us and for the, the purpose of this, I'm going to say pay. Um, battery. You know, you're moving down, looking through your engine. Battery is an important part of the engine. Um you know, this is this is one of those things like you need good voltage to to run your Bronco. So um, I would look at your battery. 
Um, I don't know if you knew this, but you can actually tell, you know, if you just buy a, a Bronco and you've never seen it before and you're looking at the the battery, you can tell the age of the, the battery by there's usually a letter and a number. And the letter is usually the month. So there's it's it's the first 12 letters of the alphabet usually. Uh, and then the number is the last day of the year. So let's say if you had M0, then it would be a November 2020 battery. So you know it's like two years old, and so you probably only have a year left on it because batteries don't last more than three years. Or it's 1990, which is why it won't, <laughs> why it won't, why it won't start at all. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. On these old trucks, you never know what you're yeah. getting into. Yeah. You know, batteries, I think a lot of people's expectation is, uh, you know, it's, I've had this car four or five years or this Bronco had a new battery four or five years ago. Why, why is it not starting? There must be something wrong with the engine. But realistically, three years is, is a good expectation. And you can buy batteries with extended warranties and longer life. But honestly, if a truck won't start on the first cold day, it's the battery. The car, truck, whatever, just yeah. assume it's the battery, go get it checked out, or just buy another one for 150 bucks. Yep. Well, that's good. That was just some basics, engine maintenance for uh, day one of uh, having a new Bronco or, or really any vehicle. I mean, that's stuff that you can, you can work on. Uh, there will definitely be more in the future, but... Um, we're going to move along from our DIY or PAY. Well, you got this email. Very simple. It says, why is ARP a podcast sponsor? <laughs> I love how people just get to the point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the heck Which, is that? Uh, questions at thebroncast.com. If you want to ask us a question, please do. But we felt like this was fitting. Apparently, we haven't done a good job of explaining why oh, ARP yeah. is a sponsor. <laughs> so ARP is a manufacturer. They make fasteners, which are nuts and bolts. Uh, and, and we don't like to talk in terms of just nuts and bolts because it's really a big deal. They've been around since the 60s, drag racing. They've been part of making increased horsepower for 50 years, 60 years. And it's just amazing. You know, I love one of their taglines. It's like when failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did get to go to Bonneville last September and um, saw them run their Speed Demon car, which uh, is a piston engine powered car. It's LS powered, and it goes almost 500 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's not a, it, it's running with the turbine jet engine cars. I mean, it's incredible. And yeah. it's held, that engine stays together with ARP fasteners, yeah. head bolts, things like that. And that's head studs. That's what people think of as the company, but they do way more than that. Um, I couldn't do them justice talking about metallurgy. <laughs> I'm sure I'd get it wrong. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you email them or go to their website, they'll send you a catalog or you can see this information on their website. They have like 24 pages of fastener tech that yeah. you can learn. Like, and it's, some of it's as basic as the bolt grades, you know, grade five, you know, and grade right. eight, things like that. And you can go through and you can learn all of that. But those 24 pages are amazing. Uh, it talks about metallurgy uh, materials that they have like eight different materials that um, high strength materials that make bolts of that make them way stronger than anything you buy at the hardware store or even the auto parts store. So yeah. like um, some of their bolts, you know, that hold your engine together, got a turbocharger and things like that. Um, you know, they can be 
$400 for a set, you know, instead of um, $100 for a set. Well, you know, it's the difference is how much horsepower compression you're going to put into that. And um, other things they have is, you know, they talk about bolt failure on these on the website and in their catalog and bolt fatigue. And what's the, why would you spend $400 for a set of head bolts? But you don't want to be pulling your engine out and rebuilding it again because you bought some cheap bolts. Right. So, but they make other stuff. They make accessory bolts. Um, when we get into our engine portion of the show and we start talking about rebuilding 302s, we have two 302s coming in that we're going to completely disassemble yeah. in the shop and rebuild as like a spec Bronco engine. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to make a ton of horsepower, maybe 280 horsepower, but they're going to be completely built with ARP fasteners because we know when it leaves, it's not going to have a bolt failure. And I never knew about how bolts stretched, you know, and stretched over time and stuff like that. And so learning that stuff you realize, oh man, when you're dealing with such tight tolerances like on your engine, how important it is that you don't have a cheap bolt that's stretching. But even on your suspension, like I've noticed, um, I've I've been, you know, as I'm doing this Bronco build, um, I've been using the old bolts to initially like tighten things, stuff like the radius arm caps. I'll use the old bolt to drive through the radius arm cap to kind of suck it together. And then once it's all sucked together, then I'll pull the old bolt out and put a new bolt in just so that I'm not stretching those threads um, on that bolt as I'm, you know, initially cranking it down and tightening it down. So there's stuff like that, but even with ARP, you don't have stretch. You don't have this stuff, you know, even with a grade eight bolt, you have, um, you know, it'll stretch and, and with ARP, it just doesn't. And that's well, cool. if you think about it, your entire Bronco is put together with fasteners. Yeah. Bolts, but still the entire, so, you know, if it's important to you that it doesn't come apart or yeah. a bolt doesn't break, you know, that's why you would spend more on a good bolt yeah. so or fastener. But yeah, we're going to be covering a lot more of that in future episodes. So that's kind of our parts corner as well today because uh, ARP is our, our parts parts to call out on our parts corner. And also uh, it's our question, our Q&A. So definitely check out www.arp-bolts.com. That's www.arp-bolts.com. Dot com. John and I would like to spend a little time demystifying <laughs> the U13, U14, and U15 designation of the early Bronco because they didn't really do it anymore after that. Right. But um, I have some things I like to refer to as, as a, an easy way to remember these. For starters, on my gas cap on my Gen 6, I just open it up, and that's how I can remember because yeah. there's a little picture of the three trucks <laughs> under the gas lid with a picture of each. You know, yeah. the U13 was an open roadster, um, no doors, no metal doors, no metal roof. It was like a ranch hand. Yeah. Literally, it's kind of like uh, that's that's what it was. It was a no frills truck, which was probably pretty similar to like the um, Jeep Willys. It's the market they were going after yeah. it was like let's keep it super simple and as inexpensive as possible to go directly head to head with the Willys. And uh, yeah. but I I remember the U13 as being the unlucky truck that didn't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It got these door openings. Um, I think we'd probably, through. that's probably what we would call like a base model today, like just the base Bronco. 
It's even more base yeah. than base. Yeah. <laughs> you could get it in colors, though. It didn't only come in, like, white. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one of the, I, I want to say one of the most rare, the, one of the rarest Broncos is a U13-66 um, with, uh, like, Wimbledon white with the silver bench seat. Like, that's that's kind of the the quintessential, like, rarest of the rare kind of thing. I think what's interesting is it, even though, um, you know, it didn't have a back seat, it didn't have a roof, uh, they did put the partition wall in there because they assumed you were going to use it like a pickup truck. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was a bench seat with the wall, and yeah. I mean, that was it. You, they, they, you could order a whole vinyl roof with vinyl doors. And um, as a matter of fact, in um, Todd Zercher's book, there's a picture of one that's white with the white vinyl roof and the windows are tiny. It looks like a uh, postal truck. Um, that's cool. but yeah, there was a pretty much no options Bronco. No frills. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's the U 13. Yep. And then almost everyone today has a U 15, which is what they call the wagon. It has yeah. the full metal roof. Uh, you could order a back seat as an option, um, there were lots of things that you can get with that. Um, you know, they had different trim levels. You know, the Sport had all the chrome and the trim. And uh, I just remember the U13 had nothing. The U15 had everything. And in the middle was the U14 or the half cab. So I figured it's like halfway in between. Oh, yeah. So U14 oh, has got like a half a roof. It. Yeah. Got half the options. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's in between the 13 and the 15. Yeah, that's a great way to remember it. I've always forgotten. Like, I can't ever remember which is which, but now you say that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Or just open up someone's gas cap on their Gen 6. And yeah, there it their is. Their pictures. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I I, I think, uh, yeah, U13 through U15. I, I wonder, um, I mean, there's so many options, so many things that uh, you could have gotten through <laughs> all the all the Bronco options and the things that you could have bought. Like I was hearing once, you know, you could buy, you could buy a snow plow on it. You could buy, you know, like just so many cool options that people would sell, you know, they actually would run a, cause when it, the Bronco first came out, I think it was the inline six and a 289 V8. Did it come with a, and, but anyway, they would ship them to other countries. And when they would, they would actually, it would be a uh, modified engine that could handle a lower octane of gas. Oh, wow. And so there was an extra, in the VIN, there's an extra number uh, before the engine code or after the engine code. So it's like U15G6L or, you know, something like that. Like, um, and really interesting uh, options that, that just, you know, you could get with, with these different vehicles and, and they're popping up here and there today, you know? And it's like, um, I'm in some of these Facebook groups where people will talk about it and they're like, I've never seen a VIN number like this, you know? And, and, uh, so just this rare stuff that's coming out. That's super we ha- cool. We have a, a future episode to look forward to where we do VIN decoding, decoding. and, uh, John and I were just, looking at all this stuff and we found something really cool and it was under the DSO and oh, yeah. uh, what all those letters mean, where the trucks were shipped mm-hmm. to and some of the places were pretty cool. So we're yeah. going to save that. We're not going to give that away, but yeah. um, yeah. I do have like pricing information Oh yeah, from 1966. So in 66 and 67, 
in the Bronco lineup uh, from U13 to U15. Um, I remember, uh, you know, they call the one the Roadster, and it was, like we said, targeted directly at the CJ5. Um, so no doors, no roof. It was $2,336.82. Wow. wow. And uh, only uh, 4000 were made. Mm. So, and then, um, uh, you know, U13s, like I said, it's easy to remember. Yep. It's bad luck if it rains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of ways to remember that. And then U14 was the half cab or what they called the sports utility. So I think Funny. that's cool because it's really the first SUV. Yeah. Um, and they referred to them because of that front axle that they were super sporty to drive. It was your off-road Mustang, you know. Love all that marketing. Wow. Um, so it was $2,479.93, So, which was, you know, really only $143 more in today's dollars. Uh, so that was for two metal doors and a roof, uh, a half cab roof. Um, so I felt like that would have been a really good use of $143. And then, uh, the U15 wagon, uh, those were $2,551.19, only $88 more than the half cab. So you, the metal would cost more than that. Oh yeah. Totally. And you got a rear bench seat, you got, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So the full roof or wagon, uh, rear seat. Um, so the marketing pitch to buy a Bronco over the competition was that Ford, I thought this was interesting. Ford had 6,400 dealers nationwide. Um, and uh, International Harvester, the Scout, had 4,764 dealers nationwide. But they were all like implement dealers. Like it's, they really sold tractors. Yeah. So do you really want those guys working on your Bronco? Yeah. They probably worked on everyone's pickup trucks anyway because, you know, ag dealers were the nearest thing nearby. Um, and then there was a number here, uh, 2,152 CJ5 dealers in the mm, U.S. At, in 1966. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So if we want to talk about some options too, um, one option was a rear bench seat um, or two low back bucket seats for the front instead of a bench in the front. Um, and what's cool is in the first Broncos, those seats came right out of Mustangs. Yeah. They even had, some of them had the horses on them and the really? panel behind your back. Yeah. I would love to get a set of those. Well, it's interesting because some of the early, yeah, 66, 67 seats, the stripe goes uh, horizontally and then it switched and it started going vertically. Mm -hmm. So like you can see the stripe on the seat change oh, from yeah. horizontal to vertical. I, I don't know if that's official, but that's just something I've noticed. I, I understand when it went vertical, they were officially Bronco seats. Oh, really? But like Is Bronco it got was? its own okay. seats. Uh, okay. I mean, Bronco got the bed from the F100. Yeah. They got, they had to just, it was Piece the stepchild yeah. of the Ford Motor Company. Totally. It's. Um, now it's their probably most expensive car next to a GT40 or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so chrome bumpers were an extra $28.75. I think they're still a value. I think you can get yeah. a set of chrome bunker bumpers for like $300 or something like that, wow. maybe 400 bucks. Yeah. I still think that's one of the easiest upgrades you could do to your early Broncos. Totally. Buy some new bumpers. Yeah. Um, hubcaps were almost as much as a bumper, $22.48. And that red rocker stripe you were talking about, yeah. $12.50. Wow. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, a little Bronco history there for you guys. 
but that's it. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we so appreciate having you guys with us on the podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors, ARP and Tom's Off-Road. Man, if you guys have any questions, make sure to leave a question for us either in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or uh, shoot us an email at questions at thebroncast.com. That's questions at T-H-E-B-R-O-N-C-A-S-T dot com. Donnie, thanks for having us in your shop, man. Oh, yeah. Awesome. We'll Every see. week. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's do this again next week. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to another episode of The Broncast. We want to thank our sponsors, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Bronco parts and ARP automotive racing products. We also want to give a special thanks to our technical producer, Josh Kohler. We couldn't do this without him. And the music you heard today is from Adam Nitty, bass player extraordinaire. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on The Broncast.